millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today in history, in 1884, Congress declares Labor Day a legal holiday, kind of indicating that people celebrating before that date were doing so illegally? Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. Tonight, I am your apologetic host, Zachary. To all of the French peoples, I would sincerely like to issue a formal apology for making you all the butt of many, many jokes. Now, can I borrow your fucking guillotine? My name is Megan, and uh, I second the request to borrow the guillotine, and also, really, whatever country would like to um, throw in their arms of the revolution, I am also accepting those as well. My name's Matt, and I third the vote for a guillotine, which means the motion carries. <laughs> but also, today I learned that there are more plastic lawn flamingos in the world than there are actual flamingos. That says so much. Have you seen the guy? <laughs> Have you seen the guy that made the the plastic no, flamingo? I, I'm betting. I will bet. I will bet actual dollar money. That he looks like the kind of guy that would make plastic <laughs> he, lawn yeah. flamingos. I need to look him up now. He looks, yeah, man who invented inventor plastic. of the plastic inventor. lawn flamingos. He looks exactly like what you're right. imagining, and his name is Donald Featherstone. Oh, no. So, oh Christ, alive! Did you, did you see him? Yeah, I'm gonna send this picture yeah. to. Uh, to you, Zach. Oh no, I'm looking it up. He. Oh yeah, no, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, but he looks um, so I mean, it's happy. It's not bad. I. He does look happy, he but he definitely so looks like the type of person that would make a lawn. Yes, he his lo- his shirts are just like so flamboyant. They are pretty loud. Like, he yeah. is. He is the Hawaiian shirt. Dad, yeah, but like I, right? I also like, think it's so amazing. <laughs> Oh no, I love him. Like he he really dedicated himself to an aesthetic and he was like this is my claim to fame. Yeah. Will not I apologize. Will not apologize. And he, I I appreciate that. Apologize. My name is Donald Featherstone. What else was I going to do with this name? <laughs> it is my divine right to make the plastic lawn flamingo. <laughs> You know what? You know how, like, Manifest Destiny was all about, like, claiming land and, like, just taking, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, taking what's Donald yours? Yeah, he did that. making plastic lawn flamingos. Yeah, except he also probably claimed I was a about lot to say, Donald Featherstone with... just, like, did Manifest Destiny all over I everybody's lawn. Got... I wonder if he's got it's a... true. Have you heard that uh, Eddie Izzard 
joke about planting flags. No. Yeah, it's exactly so he, like that. He has this entire bit where he's like, the only reason that England was able to conquer as much land as it could is because they had a flag and they got to plant it in the ground and declare land theirs. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if Donald Featherstone had, like, a similar thing written inside each fucking pink flamingo that basically said, any house that has a pink flamingo is now my house. My legal property. That'd be uh, so amazing. In like a legally if, like, binding contract that is, that's hidden inside so the flamingo's feathers. That's like some like bullshit supervillain plot, and that I'm is here some for super it. Supervillain shit. Um. All right, kids. That. We should probably get this uh, show on the road here. Our strikes have get been show set road. to zero. We've played a game of rock paper scissors, and the order for tonight is Zach because he used the Uber reverse. Uh, Megan, and then I am bringing up the rear. Are we calling it the Uber? So I think, um, the concept of the Uno reverse has just, just been done away with. I think Zach was originally slated to go last and he just said that he was going to Uber reverse it. And I think I, I think I did the same thing last week. Where I was supposed to go last, and then I was like, Uber Reverse! Just like an actual game of Uno, our rocks, paper, scissors match to decide who begins has devolved into utter anarchy and chaos. Absolute chaos. But that's okay. We're all here for the chaos. So, while my intro uh, was not quite on theme for what i will be discussing tonight uh it was important and i'm serious please i i would like to hear about the guillotine as soon as possible yeah get back to us about that guillotine we'll uh we'll begin tonight by saying ladies lords and non-binary sovereigns i once again humbly welcome you to heinous gentlemen of history That's right. We are continuing our heinous gentlemen of history, which is going to be what I'm doing. Uh, this is my current run of past affairs, where I speak of some ne'er do wells who just so happen to have some manners. I, I think I wish that all of the villains um, in my life were more gentlemanly, and by villains I mean politicians. <laughs> yeah, but asking a politician um, to have any gentlemanly like qualities is never gonna they happen. They used yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Washington remember, was a gentleman. I remember the I remember good him. old days. Yeah, I remember the good old days. All right. Oh, yeah. three hundred <laughs> years ago, I was there. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. I don't. <sighs> well, no, please don't get don't, don't go too don't far send down me down the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. I'll be too depressed tell, to do anything. Tell me, yeah. Why don't you tell me about your good my good good, good bad, bad boy. boy? Thank you. Hey, you know who else was yeah. a gentleman? Ronald Reagan. Oh no, we're not gonna, gonna fucking <laughs> start Reagan on the rant. No, we can't do that. All right, All right. no, Zach. Zach's gotta go tonight. Uh, we are going to be discussing a gentleman pirate. Ooh, the Dread Pirate Robert. No, um, we're going to be discussing 
Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet. Now, some of you might actually be like, hey, I know that fucking name. And you probably do know the name because thank the fucking gods for Taika Watiti. Steed Bonnet is one of the characters in Our Flag Means Death. Along with Blackbeard. Which, have either of you watched that show? I have not, but I want I to. It's on my... But I... It's on my list of, like, I need to watch this show right now, but I don't have the time to watch a show. (laughs) Those two characters are actual real pirates from history. Everybody knows who Blackbeard is, but I'm going to be focusing... His real name was Edward Teach. Yes, it was. Uh, But I'm going to... Sorry, in case people didn't know. (laughs) I'm going to be focusing on Steed Bonnet, because if anyone who's watched the show, uh, they know that Steed is a little bit... Um, he's a fancy boy. I don't know how to put it other than he is a fancy fucking boy. Just a fancy boy. He's a little fancy boy. Yeah, well... He's a little boy who likes berries and cream. Yes, yes he does. Y'all 90s babies who had to live through that fucking nightmare, welcome back. Welcome Welcome back. back. uh, Well, the characters, uh, at least those two in Our Flag Means Death, are historically... There, they're in they're, they're in history. They're not exactly historically accurately portrayed. So I'm going to talk about that more than how much that show is a lot of fun. So, well, yeah, no, it would be bad if we came to a history podcast and just talked about a fucking show <laughs> on Hulu. Is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is it Hulu or it doesn't fucking matter? Tell me more. About <laughs> we can't get into it. it. Doesn't so, matter. Steve Bonnet, Becomes a pirate in 1717 because, well, there's no other way to put it other than the dude has just one of the worst forms of a midlife crisis on record. I wish more men had <laughs> midlife crises where they become. I'm gonna talk oh about God. that later because it's so true. It's, defini- it's definitely better than having a midlife crisis and becoming president and ruining the future of America. <laughs> I was gonna say, why buy a Corvette when you can fucking steal from the rich? Anyway, uh, so, oh my God, was Robin Hood having a midlife crisis? Probably. So, yeah. by the time he starts piracy in 1717, Bonnet is living on an island of the, on the island of Barbados with a gigantic sugar plantation, a wife, a kid, and this huge military penchant from being a retired British army major. And he's... Hell yeah. Man, he's really living the... Yeah, he's just dream. fucking chilling around in a mansion, <laughs> being a fancy boy, drinking tea, and then one day he's just like... Fuck it, I'm going to be a pirate. <laughs> Honey, hold my calls. It, I feel like a bit of piracy. Pretty much. And it is stated that like some scholars believe that he was like having spats with his wife and he was getting just like a little tired of kind of sitting around and doing nothing. And he was like, mm. in his in mansion. Has you so of often. And he was just like, fuck I've it. I've taken a shit in yeah. every room in this house. There's nothing left. Even the ones that aren't bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, that was implied. Uh, another, <laughs> another, uh, <laughs> other historians just think that the dude was fucking insane. Uh, like, probably, for sure. But he leaves his wife. Especially if he's shitting in all of his rooms. Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> you thing. That's not a him thing. You stated that he did that. Oh, jeez. But 
Gentlemen, uh, but if don't I say it that. enough, it can become. <laughs> We're not going to Procopius the fact that Steed shat in all of his rooms, whether they were bathrooms or not. <laughs> so he leaves his wife and child and all of his money, and he's like, "Well, time to be a pirate, and time to make a new fortune on the seven seas." Pretty much, but the the thing that's funny is like you can tell where everything that Steed does in his life as far as piracy goes, is just a gigantic fucking stumble and stum- somehow falling forward. Because, like, you're a pirate. You need a ship. What's the first thing you do? You steal a ship. Right? Like, if, if yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, That's Curse true. of the Black Pearls, told me anything, you bamboozle a couple of guards into stealing the biggest ship in the Navy. I get yeah. it. It's true. That's what, that you, do. what you do. However, Steed was like, I have money. Why don't I just buy a sloop? <laughs> Well, that's that's not the point. That's not I the point knew that that's where this was going to. I knew for fucking sure that he was going to be like, how do I start being a pirate? Guess I better buy a pirate ship. I want to be a no. pirate and an upper class, middle aged white might man. As, might as well also buy a pirate crew. No, no, he does. He does. <laughs> what did he do? Did he also go to the pirate store and get the flags? He too? got a fucking eye patch. Oh, so this is actually really funny. It's it's great. So he buys this boat and he. First off, I would like to say that even in their time, pirates were these famous and almost folk like folk hero like you know icons. So this whole thing is like if someone came up to you and said, hey, do you want to give up everything and we'll turn you into a real superhero? I can see the appeal of this life change. All right. Yes. I would honestly like if I had just a sugar plantation and a wife and a child, I would become a pirate as well. I think we oh, all would. His, his pirate flag was actually kind of cool. It was. Uh, it's like got a heart on it and everything. It's real sweet. Yeah. Um. So... <laughs> He buys the ship, but he doesn't know anything about sailing. He's been like a passenger on a boat maybe twice in his life. He knows nothing about how to work a He's fucking been a boat. He's a sugar farmer. He's not even a sugar farmer. He owned a plantation. He had other people do it for him. He just went to I'm parties. The he owner. was just a fancy boy. That was his job title. His right. job oh, title no, was are... fancy boy. So he buys the sloop. He buys 10 mm-hmm. cannons for the sloop. Yep. And he hires a 70-person crew of a bunch of, like, people who are not, like, famous people pirates. Of Ill repute. Well, they're not all famous pirates, but they're also piratey enough that they know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, what do I want? Uh, like, non-experienced yeah, pirates? Yeah, but like, he, like, on. he, he hires a crew, here. he buys cannons, he buys a ship, and he calls it Revenge. Absolutely. Um, revenge what? for what, though? Revenge for what? Revenge for being a good, good, rich boy. This... Upper class white male is ready to rage against the machine, and for what reason? Revenge. Historians are fucking clueless. Honestly, <laughs> they yeah, don't know why like, he what? called the ship revenge. It's they they think he called it revenge because it was just like a piratey thing because to do. It fucking sounded cool. <laughs> this dude was Steed Bonnet is a fucking Chad of pirates. <laughs> yes, Steed Bonnet, the gentleman Chad of pirates. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can be a better pirate you know, than you. I... My daddy owns all the shit. 
We're going to get into that. Oh my god. I just like, <laughs> I really hope someone was like, hey, Steve, why Steve? is the ship named Revenge? Yeah, Steve. <laughs> they changed his name to Steve. They changed they change his name to Steve because they're like that. At least sounds vaguely more piratey. Not at all. And and they're like, why did you name the ship Revenge? And he's like, I liked it. Pretty much. Yeah. But honestly, that's like a guy naming his Corvette something. I I know that we're joking about him being a Chad of a person, but if I'm being honest. If you're going to have a midlife crisis as a straight white man, I think that becoming a government-robbing high-seas anarchist is the way to go. You're like, when he, when you're like, oh, he's going to rage against the machine, it, it is a machine that has only worked Oh, absolutely. Him. It's like... <laughs> he's the main beneficiary of the machine. Yeah, like, it's like getting mad at your TV for, like... Like showing all of the channels. I know. Yeah, it's like I hate I, this. I, yeah, I, I. But at the same time, it's just so stupid that it's great to me. <laughs> so, so whoo! For the first uh, time in the high seas, Steed and his crew sails to Virginia, where it raids just a ton of commercial ships and loads up a bunch of stolen ships that they take. And they load it full of treasure and trade goods. I'm I'm glad that he was, like, vaguely successful, though, right? Like, he goes out and, like, you know, they actually did do some successful raids instead of them being like, oh, you'll you'll Yeah, he just gets sunk on his first time out. Because he's an idiot. Yeah, like, he's an absolute No, so he, he, like, manages to pull off some good raids at, uh, at the beginning. Um, and... I reiterate, Steed has no fucking clue what he's doing, other than the fact that he hired a crew of very experienced pirates. So, after their fun little transatlantic trade robbing, Steed and the crew make their way to Honduras to spend all of their ill-gotten gains. Uh, You make the money, it's time to party. That's how it works. (laughs) I always really liked that that about pirates, where they steal on the water, but once they're on land, they start- We have rules on land! Yeah, like, they start spending legal tender. I'm like, why don't you just continue stealing- Because the ocean has no laws, the land does. Yeah, you're right. Land daddies (laughs) will come after you. So, Steed uh, kind of tags along and meets up with Blackbeard, in Honduras, and he, Steed immediately just fucking fangirls over Blackbeard, because Blackbeard's got this (laughs) reputation as this crazy pirate, and Steed is like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. He's like, I I based my whole public persona. Pretty much. Exactly. Uh, But he convinces Blackbeard to sail with him for a little bit, and... It, I can't believe oh, it, it. It gets bad though because it didn't take long for Blackbeard to realize that this was just a guy playing pirates because he could. This was a guy He's that like, was cosplaying as a pirate. Yeah. Extended extended cosplay. Extended cosplay. Um but he convinces quote unquote Steed to hang out on his ship, the Queen Anne's Revenge, because it was bigger and more comfortable and more suited for a man of his stature. Um so Steed says sure, and he's like, that seems reasonable. I am a fancy boy. I am a fancy boy. 
And your ship's not just called Revenge, but it's Queen Anne's Revenge. revenge specifically. Yeah, right. It's a specific kind of revenge. Um, so Blackbeard sends his first mate to start commanding the revenge. And it becomes very clear to Steed Bonnet that he's not really a guest. He's a prisoner now. And Blackbeard has stolen his ship. Oh no, he's like a real pirate? Like a real pirate did real pirate things. <laughs> like so Steed manages to get out of harm's way when he makes his way ashore as Blackbeard docks in North Carolina. And he finds the revenge stripped down and abandoned along with only 25 remaining crew members. So you're telling me now he actually has a reason for revenge? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he fucking Finally. rides that. Because undeterred Bonnet picks up the crew, sets sail, and literally is like, well, I know how to be a better pirate now, so I'm gonna fuck shit up. <laughs> I love I love the idea. First of all, I just love the concept of, like, he learned by just being in the presence of Blackbeard? Well, it's not even that he learned just in the presence of being Blackbeard. It's the fact that Blackbeard bested him, and it became his petty-ass mission to just destroy Blackbeard for the rest of his life. Yeah, there you go. I feel like it's not petty. It's not right? petty, but at the same time, like, he named his boat Revenge, and then he had a reason to fucking revenge after that. Maybe Blackbeard was like doing him a favor. He was. Maybe probably. Blackbeard was doing him a favor. He was like, "You need, you need a better origin story." <laughs> I will be the villain in your origin I'll story. I'll be the villain. I'll, I'll take that bullet for you. So he ends up becoming a little bit more of a fearsome pirate. He raids a lot. He ends up making a name for himself and making a fair bit of money. Um, but all while still having this, like, stuffy, upper-class vibe to him, he doesn't ever yeah. lose that. And that's why he is called the Gentleman Pirate. Like, that's how people referred to him. Uh, he eventually does get cornered in Cape Fear. Uh, sorry, the mouth of the Cape Fear River by Colonel William Rhett in August of 1718. And he absolutely abuses his privilege and blames the entire reason of him being a pirate on Blackbeard, which, I mean, he not loses true. points for me there. Absolutely yeah. not true. Yeah, he, he was trying to be a pirate, and then he got angry and tried to pirate better. Like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, but he abuses his privilege, and he stays alive just a little bit longer than the rest of his crew, but that's kind of pointless because he's eventually hung for piracy on December 10th, 1718. Damn. I kind of have to wonder, and like, I know that I'll never get a satisfying answer to this, but I kind of have to wonder what his wife is thinking as she's like, yeah, like where is sitting she? at home hearing about fucking Steed Bonnet, just like being Steed Bonnet, <laughs> being, being a gentleman pirate. I, she just like gets a paper. So, and it's like, so Steve Bonnet captured another ship, and she's like, this fucking idiot. Yeah, this guy. but I also don't think that she had, she, that either was, A, a real roller coaster of emotion, because it was just like, he's gone, he's a pirate, and now he's dead. Because he was pirate for less than two years. Well, you know, you win fuck? some, you lose some. Yeah. If I lose some, I mean, I expected your life. that to be, like, a little bit longer. Oh, no, no, he made a name for himself 
and like got infamy and like by and then fucked and then right fucking off to died. <laughs> I guess like so, but sh- did she keep the plantation? I have no idea. I didn't really oh, do really... research into her. No, that's fair. I just like I hope the wife and child were just like I guess I'm a boss. I'm a boss lady. I, <laughs> I guess I'm a boss lady now. Um, I guess I own this. <laughs> I guess I gotta put in the fucking work now. Put I gotta work, I, put in the hours. You have to do the work. You have to get up off your ass and do the work. She turns into Kim Kardashian. <laughs> um, um, but at the end of the day, uh, the gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet. I think I like this story and I like him as a historical character because that's the best way to put it. He was a person and a real is. person, but he's also a fucking character. I know. Uh, the reason I like him so much is basically he did what so many of us want to do so bad. And that's just to pursue life for the sake of life, to have fun and enjoy every second that you have on this earth. He carpeted the fuck out of that diem. End of That's story. True. He definitely <laughs> he carpeted did. several DMs. Uh, he carpeted all over the DMs ever. Yeah. Wow. So, because like wow. I think there there are a bunch of times um where I'm like going through my day being like, what if I just like left? Yeah. What if right? I you guys just, hear like... about that woman that pretty much did that exact thing? What? Like, what she, she was did? declared a missing person. She had been missing for like nine. I can't remember if it was months or years, but she had been missing for a while, and people were like, oh, she just disappeared. No one knows where she is. Just without a trace. She was eventually found in the woods in, like, a tent and was brought back to civilization. She was given a psyche vow, and they were like, yeah, I mean, she's fine mentally and she's like okay i would like to go back to the woods now <laughs> well like why like she basically woke up one day and was like i've had it with society i feel you girl <laughs> i'm gonna go live in a tent in the woods yeah i feel that it's not illegal no it's not like let me just be in the woods but yeah i mean i think like we've all had those moments where you're like i just kind of want to leave but we don't do it because we have things like keeping us in place that we like. But yeah, I wonder like what was the final straw for him where he was like, I, I think w- it was by the sounds of it. It just sounds like the monotony of everyday life, a sugar like his day to day. Yeah, like there's a bunch of places that are like, oh, yeah, he was just, like, fighting with his wife a lot, and he kind of did it to get away from her. But, like, I don't want to believe that because history and, like, so much of what we've seen in historical documents is, like, oh, what a nag, that old bitch. Like, fuck that. No, she probably was just asking him to stop being so mopey because he's a, like, depressed rich guy. And he was finally like, you know what? Fine, you're right. I am a depressed rich guy. I'm going to go be a pirate. And I'm going to go do depressed rich guy stuff. (laughs) I'm going to go be a pirate to spice up things. Like, Yeah, like, also in stories like that where the guy just kind of, like, fucks off and they blame the wife, like, they usually give more reasoning, like, as to what they were fighting about yeah instead of them like leaving it up in the air being like oh there was just problems in the marital bed like if there's problems in the marital bed dude like do what every other gentleman in that time did and just like i don't know have a have mistress an <laughs> yeah like have a mistress i don't know 
Yeah, like, I mean, you don't I, just become a pirate because you're just like my wife is yelling at me. My wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> we should get to Megan's story. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. So, um, as much as I love Steed Bonnet, I do really him like him. Hours, yeah. But we should let Megan tell her story. Yeah. Um. I'm not not as interested. As Stop. In the name of love, listen. Before, before you, break you break my heart. My heart. <laughs> All right. I'm Anyways, gonna, so here's the title of my story. Yes. Yes, please. Um, it's called "How to Get Ahead in Life." Oh, is it? <laughs> is it about guillotines? No. Uh, so um, I feel like we haven't talked about serial killers in a while on this show. Uh, I so, feel like we've talked about a lot of serial killers, but continue. In a while. I, uh, it has been a long time. It's been a while. Since I Anyway, <laughs> so we it's it's been a while. Um, so I wanted to take a moment and return to a tried and true uh, what the fuck history staple. Murder. Yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> we're going to take a journey with me in the Ford Tacoma to a magical place called Galicia in España. Okay. Uh, the year is 1810, and everyone was peasants. <laughs> um, don't fact check me, because I assume everyone was peasants at this time. Uh, we have... We're all peasants. Yeah, we're still all peasants. We're all peasants at heart. We are still all peasants deep down in our souls at heart. And I'm going to talk about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the poor just runs through everyone's veins. Um, so I'm going to talk about a dude called Diogo Alves. Uh, he was born, obviously, to a family of peasants. Um... And he was an unremarkable child until he fell off of the- As most of the (laughs) pores are. That's true. I feel like all of these stories when it's like, oh, he came from a poor family. He was an unremarkable child. And then tragedy struck. So Uh, unremarkable, in fact, that the world twisted around his poorness. (laughs) Uh, what what was that, Zach? What, what you're saying is he was like every one of us other fucking people on the earth. Like, just yeah, a normal he, Joe. He was just an average Joe. Not your average Joe's. Um, is he founded that restaurant later on. Uh, so he was an unremarkable child until he fell off of the family horse at a young age. And he hit his head. Um, his family being very kind poor souls immediately nicknamed him pensada which means blow uh because he took a blow to the head oh, if you needed wow. that explanation listen they That's were poor insensitive. they were poor oh yeah this was the only way they had to be fucking entertained and the only entertainment yeah. is abusing our children yeah they're like this we can't afford to go to shows or like have any or travel. Um, so when our child falls off the family horse, we're just gonna give him a rude nickname. Yeah, it's a little funny, I guess. Um, so this obviously like isn't a good nickname. Like we, 
we are all in agreement. Right? Yeah, it's, like, it's a no, bad nickname. Established that it's bad nickname. Yeah, so like there's a lot of connotations and ways that it could be taken in. Um, so after never living down that name, I assume, his family sent him off to work in Lisbon at the age of 19. They're like, go ahead, blow. Like, go earn your way in the world. <laughs> Uh, and, and once there, he changed jobs several times uh, and stopped writing to his family. He just sort of cut off contact, presumably because they kept calling him. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, hey, my name is Diogo. And they'd be like, ah, blow, old blow, big blow. Um, he began to drink and gamble, and that's when he realized that a life of crime might be more profitable than whatever he had been doing up until this point. Hey, it doesn't matter uh, if you're rich, it doesn't matter if you're poor, the answer is always crime. <laughs> and the answer is always, you could own a sugar plantation or you could have a really mean, poor Portuguese family and crime is the common denominator. <laughs> um, he he moved into a, a home near uh, this aqueduct called the Aqueduto das Aguas Livres. Um, but mm. but sounded like a just... solid pronunciation there. Anyway, <laughs> Did, wasn't that good? It seemed real good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm. wow, that really rolled off her tongue. Uh, so it was simply just called the Aqueduct, um, which surprise was a big impressive fuck off aqueduct in in Lisbon. Uh, he then earned his second nickname, the Aqueduct Murderer. Ah, much better this ah, time. Ah. So not fun crimes, and, but serial killer crimes. Yeah, serial killer crimes, because he murdered and robbed passerbys there and then threw them off the top of it uh, to make it look like it was a suicide. Oh my gosh. Hell yeah. yeah There's been a murder. There's been a murder or a suicide. Or has there. Or has there. And he's just like, I'm going to go, or has there. That's my that's my suspicion. Um, so oh. it, this ploy did succeed for a time. Uh, between the years of 1836 and 1839, Alves and the gang that he put together did this about 70 times. Oh my gosh, why? That's so much well, murder. It's a lot of murder, like, and, and it's in between about like three years where he commits all of these murders. Like he's not taking a break, um, and the police were just like, "Oh, maybe they're all copycat suicides. Maybe this is the new hot new suicide place." Because uh, they couldn't figure it out. They're like, who would be Paul? Looking for a hot new place to commit suicide? Have you heard of the aqueduct? And people are like, yeah, I hear that place is really good. Uh, so Alves and his gang were only caught when they became really ballsy and decided to murder four family members of a local doctor inside their house. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not at the aqueduct. You fucked up, my dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, it seems like if he stood by the aqueduct thing, he could have kept doing this, like, in perpetuity, but then he was just like, mm, this doctor is making a lot of money. <laughs> just like doctors do. Uh, so a, a jury found Alves and his gang guilty, and he was hanged. However, this wasn't the last we were to see of him. Oh, no. Scientists. Pretty sure crime stops with death. Well, his crime stopped, but Alves didn't. 
Oh. Ah. Because scientists got involved. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? I was like, yeah. is it ghosts? Is it ghosts in the fountain? <laughs> is it ghosts? You got, you got ghosts in your fountain. You should do cocaine about it. No, no. I don't. Also, cocaine, I don't think was a thing yet. <laughs> I, I bet you it was. I bet you it was too. Do you think cocaine was a thing back in 1839? It might not have been like called cocaine, okay, but when, I bet. Okay, we're I gonna. Bet it okay, exists. but like pirates used snuff powder, which cocaine was cocaine. Invented. Snuff powder. Okay, cocaine, a history. Um, <laughs> uh, isolated cocaine from cocoa leaves in 1860. Okay. Okay, uh-huh. it's, it's almost cocaine time. It's almost cocaine time, yes. I absolutely love the idea of someone looking at a clock being like, okay, guys, chill out. It's almost cocaine time. Yeah, and it's like the clock is the clock is years, too. It's yeah. like 1840. They're just like, mm, another 20. Another uh, 20 to cocaine time. Just pulls out a metal tin with a mirror on the inside. It's snorting time. It's snorting time. <laughs> um, so... I really don't know. As somebody oh. just delivered a black and white Boston Terrier that's about six months old to our doorstep. To our doorstep? Yeah. Oh my god. Where is it? It's upstairs. Can I have it? No. Because we don't know who it belongs to. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. was found wandering up and down Marie Avenue. Oh my God. But they brought us here because they knew Boston. Because we know we have Bostons? Is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. About six months, at least six months old, he's been neutered. God gave us a gift. No, let me um. Yeah, go. You can. Let me, guys, give me just a second. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah no worries. Please, uh, a literal puppy got delivered to uh, your door. Yeah, it's a little boy. <laughs> that's... He, he's so ecstatic about it. That's really oh, that's so weird. That is weird. <laughs> you just hear him in the background. It's a boy. <laughs> Oh my god, you're so fucking cute. <laughs> you can't get attached. 
Did you find out whose dog this is? He's just like a puppy that somebody dropped off at our house. With no note or anything? No note. He doesn't have a collar. How are you supposed to do anything? Know. Come on, bud. Oh, he's a good boy. Oh, my God. He already loves you. Come on. My dad was like, don't get attached. But I already love him. His ears curl back. He's so fucking cute. <laughs> can you can you send us a picture? Yeah. yeah can you send us a picture so we can get attached? Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to take a picture of him. Okay. Buddy. I love this guy. He's so I love down. this guy. Hey. Over here. Over here. Look, 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 look at yourself. I'm so excited. He's so cute. And I'm just holding him in my lap like he's not possibly disease ridden. <laughs> Alright, please continue your story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll finish this up really quick. So uh, scientists got involved and wanted to know uh, why uh, Diogo was committing crimes. Like what was responsible for his murderous actions? Um, so after his hanging, they cut off his head and they preserved it in a glass jar filled with formaldehyde. And though they couldn't find out what triggered him to commit murders, uh, Elvis's head is still in the anatomical theater of the University of Lisbon's Faculty of Medicine. After wow. All this, all, after all this time. That's prestigious. You, you too can see what a guy looked like in, <laughs> in 1839 with all of his skin. What a crimesman. What a crimesman looks like. What a crimesman of Elden days looks like. Yeah, you too can see what he looks It's gross, too. Yeah. Like, his eyes send are all opened. Send us the picture. Yeah, I'll send you the picture. Yeah, um, that it sounds real fucking creepy. I kind of, I just want to see this out of morbid curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, it's funny, too, because you know how, um, like, when water is in a round glass jar, like, it kind of magnifies yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what it does yeah. to his face. Okay, so here it is. He is weird. Liquefied. Looking. He is liquefied. Uh, he's liquid snake. <laughs> liquefaction did you post it in the oh oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> all i can think of is fucking do you ever watch uh the legend of zorro with antonio banderas yes where he just like pulls the jar of his brother with his brother's head in the jar oh yeah yeah, yeah. like that's Guys, what that reminds gotta, me of i gotta be honest with you this is giving me like such futurama vibes <laughs> It's also giving you real big ick vibes. I was yeah, gonna say, ick. all I can think about this is, is big this, ick. this guy is all of a sudden gonna be like, Agnew! <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, fucking hell. But, but that's it. That's my story. Uh, okay. Cool. That's a that story. It. and it's... I know it's, yeah, I know it's not as interesting as like a, no. a puppy left on your doorstep. <laughs> not at all. For those of you that are just tuning in, and I'm assuming that Zach did edit out a fair bit of me running away, but a six-month-old puppy was just left on our doorstep Where's... because he's a Boston Terrier, and my family owns not, like, a lot, but we do have two Boston Terriers that run around in the yard. 
So somebody just dropped off a puppy and my parents are contacting animal control to see if we can figure out who the dog's owner is. I'm still waiting for this fucking picture. Oh, that's going to have to come later. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, I'll launch into my story. Uh, so as with most stories having to do with history, this whole story is a bit of a fucking mess. I'm going to introduce our main character, our who is a gentleman by the name of Patrick Lyon, who worked as a blacksmith in the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. L-Y-O-N or L-I-O-N? Yeah, L-Y-O-N. Okay. Um, And with that in mind, we begin. Our story starts in the year of our Lord, 1798, when Pat Lyon is commissioned to make new keys for a bank by a gentleman by the name of Samuel Robinson. Yeah, but how cool would it be if his name was actually Sin? (laughs) How cool would it be if his name was actually Sin? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, Sinuel. Um, So according to Robinson, the Bank of Pennsylvania was moving to a carpenter's hall, and they needed new keys made, but they needed them on, like, a rush job. Okay. So Lion basically just, like, shrugs his shoulders, makes new keys, and gives them to Robinson. I have a sneaking suspicion that Robinson had in no way worked for the bank at all. (laughs) Right. Uh, well, that's a good suspicion to have. <laughs> um, so shortly after making the keys for Robinson, Patrick Lyon decides that he's going to leave Pennsylvania for the sunny shores of Delaware, and he's hoping to avoid a plague that was running its way through Pennsylvania at the time, the Yellow Fever. Hmm. Um, while Patrick himself managed to stay alive, his apprentice unfortunately succumbed to the illness two days after their arrival in Delaware. But Patrick decides, uh, being the main character that he is, uh, that he's going to hunker down and weather the storm in Delaware um, before he eventually returns home. And when, you know, he had been planning, when he was leaving with his apprentice, he was like, you know, we can start a new shop in Delaware, wait for the yellow fever to blow over in Pennsylvania, and then we can move back. Um, but unfortunately, as I said, the apprentice did die. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, as he's hanging out in Delaware, his interest gets piqued by a story written in the paper. And it is a story that up until now had never occurred in the Americas. Yes, my dear friends... I bring you tonight the story of America's first ever bank robbery. Oh, shit. We can track that. We have the numbers on that. So the first ever bank robbery was an amazing total of $162,821. Sorry. not No cents here. Which, in 2020 money is $3,869,262.36. And so, obviously, the loss of this amount of money caused quite a stir. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking money. this was the topic of conversations for several weeks. Lion was watching, you know, the news unfold via newspaper, and he's coming up with his own theories about who might have perpetrated such a crime. He makes his own theory that it must have been Samuel Robinson 
because the bank that was robbed was the Bank of Pennsylvania, which Lyon had made keys for. Mm-hmm. And then an associate of his tells him that he is a suspect. Oh! oh. So Lyon decides, well, that's preposterous. I'm going to go back. I'm going to clear my name. And when he arrives in Pennsylvania and declares himself, he gets arrested for the crime of robbery. Um, he so tries to tell... He tries to tell police about his fanfic that Robinson was uh, was the his culprit. Fanfic, yeah. His game uh, theory. Uh, yeah, his game theory that um, Robinson did it. Uh, Robinson had done it. His um, yeah, I was trying to remember his his first name as well, Samuel Robinson. Um, so he tries to tell police, and police are like, "Yeah, no, uh, nice try, but not today." And um, so he gets thrown in prison. Oh, jeez. Uh, he Casually. remains in prison for three whole months wow. until the actual criminal gets caught. And what's interesting, too, is that not only is he in prison for three months, but he's also kept for an additional, like, two weeks after they caught the guy who did the fucking robbery. Why? For Why? what reason? That because they didn't believe the news that was coming out. Like the I guards just... were just like, "Yeah, no, that can't be real." Oh my um, gosh! But the actual criminal turns out to be a pair, a duo of men. In fact, um, one of them is a man by the name of Isaac Davis, who had accompanied Samuel Robinson on his trip to get new keys for the bank. He worked at the bank. And the second man was a man by the name of Thomas Cunningham, who died of the yellow fever two days after the robbery. But he had been sleeping in the bank the night mm. before um, and basically could have, you know, opened, excuse me, opened some of the doors. Huh. So okay. the reason that Lyon was a suspect in the first place is because he had bought himself some new tools and he had left town. But the new tools were required purchases because he was a blacksmith. Yeah. And he had fled to run away from the yellow, yellow fever. But obviously, um, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that caught up with him. But to, to investigators, it did look very suspect that this guy, A, had minted new keys for the bank. And B, had like run away the very next day. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, you make you like, make hey. you make new keys for a bank, and then all of a sudden you're like, "I bought new tools, and I'm fucking on out of here." That's a little sus. Yeah, and so what's interesting about this story, uh, first of all, is like not only is this America's first robbery, but it is like a case of mistaken identity, a, a case of you know the justice system getting it wrong. But what makes this story what the fuck history worthy is. The way in which the criminal got caught. Okay. Okay. Isaac Davis got caught because he was depositing the stolen money. Wow. Back into the same bank that he stole <laughs> from. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. As I mentioned, like, Isaac Davis worked at the bank that got robbed. He was the robber. He began to deposit the wealth back into his own personal bank account. And when he was questioned by police about his new wealth, 
he folded like a fucking chair. I can't believe. Dude, why wouldn't you just pick another bank? Yeah. Exactly. That's All like... you had to do was not pick the same bank. It's like but... if you worked for a retail store, stole a bunch of shit, and then came in the next day and said, "I can I return these? I don't have a receipt. <laughs> like, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially, though. Oh, no. Yeah. So he... um. He gets so he gets questioned by police about his newfound wealth and they just he folds. He just he collapses in on himself like a dying star. And <laughs> he just like he decides I'm just gonna tell him uh where all my wealth came from. And instead of sentencing him to jail, the court asks him to give the money back. They're like, we'll just count it as time served if you give us all the money. Okay. And he goes, yes, sir, I'll give back every penny. And he does, and he serves no jail time at all. That's bullshit, because they made the fucking Patrick Lyon is in fucking... <laughs> Meanwhile, Patrick Lyon is in jail for three months and two weeks. For a crime he didn't months. commit. I and wonder... the guy who actually committed the crime gets off scot fucking free and just gets to like live live all around. So, like, I don't know when it started that you could like sue the government for yeah, you know, for putting... gross negligence. Well, also for like putting you in jail wrongly, right? Like, yeah, I know false that false imprisonment. People... Yeah. yeah, false imprisonment is is a better term for that because I know now um, if if it comes out that you're innocent and you were incarcerated for a certain amount of years, like you, people can get money, like they get monetary compensation for that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so... I, if I was that guy, I'd be like, I I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you to show me how sorry you are in dollar bills. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It kind so of reminds I... me of, um, like, how, like, last time I told that story about the lobster lobster dude and how he committed murder and got no jail time and then yeah. his wife committed a murder and got jail time. Yeah. And she committed a murder for a far better reason than, like, he did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was just a violent alcoholic and she was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Help me, I'm scared. Meanwhile, Help this me, guy didn't even Kenobi. commit a crime. Yeah. And yeah, still gets sure. put in jail. Jeez. Yeah. Justice, justice yeah, so, hasn't changed. Anyways, when I was I was just browsing the internet and I came I came across this and I was just like, that, if anything, is a what the fuck worthy story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know I love me some crime shit. So Well, what was what was really interesting to me was just like the so it was in meme format basically where it's just like the first bank robbery was thwarted because the guy was depositing the money back into you know his own account, account. yeah and i was just like that's too dumb to be real <laughs> and then you looked it up and you're like oh and then shit. i looked it up but it's talking about like so i i read like a whole fucking story that was just about patrick lyon and I was like, what does this have to do? Like, it was one of those recipes that tells you everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, what does this have to do with... 
Like I first anything at all. How to, I first learned about the existence of cinnamon, cinnamon rolls on a cold fall day. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're like, what does so, this have to do with my recipe? I was, uh, I yeah, basically, I was just like, what? Oh, what? 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 I can't believe we have it on record, though. I feel like bank robberies are such like a. I did just post a picture of the dog that was dropped off at my house. Okay. In the Discord. Oh, that's a dog. Robberies are like such a a thing that always happens, and you're like, oh, we can't possibly know when the first one in America happened. Yeah, as soon as Matt said that, I was like, what? How? Yeah, we can't know. We can't. How do we know? But we can. We know because we do. Um, so yeah, that's my story. I loved it. I'm here for it. It was good. I, I, I stan it. I stan it. Uh, but you have a puppy to take care of at the moment now, so Matt... I do have a puppy to take care of, and I'm sad that I'm gonna miss, uh, Megan's... No, no, it's fine. Well, I'll save it for next time. Yeah, okay, great. save it for next time. Just, just make sure that you remember. Um, that being said, though, guests, dear listeners... Uh, lovers of history like ourselves, I have but one final question for you. Before and it is, you get oh, to that question. I love it when you cut me off at the knees. I know. I, well, you were such on a roll and you were like going, going, going. And I was well, like, you were, oh. you were like, you've got a dog to take care of. So I was assuming that you were going to let me go take care I of I was going to let you take care of this dog, but I was also going to do the important things like calling out our socials. <laughs> yeah, dude, let him do the thing. Ugh. Let him do the thing. He can do the okay, thing. Okay, you pet the dog in order to make yourself feel a little bit calmer while I talk about following us on social media. Folks, hi. It's Zachary here. <laughs> hi. If you don't have a dog have you noticed, to pet... by the way, for the past fucking two episodes, you haven't been saying Zachary in your intros? I mix it up every now and then, but I digress. Uh, if you would like to do us the honor of following us on our socials, we'd really appreciate it, because it would be pretty, pretty ding-dang cool of you. Uh, you can find us at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter at triumvirate underscore pod. And also you can officially find us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash triumvirate productions, is it the triumvirate productions or is it just triumvirate productions? It's a really great question. Zach, you Uh, as our marketing director should know. I know. You know what? Sometimes there's a pesky the in there. I'm looking it up right now. It's the underscore triumvirate underscore production. No, if you just go to patreon.com and look up the triumvirate productions, or you go to www.patreon.com slash triumvirate productions, you'll find us there and you can sign up for our Patreon where you can get things like, uh, our what the fuck after dark, where you hear all of the shenanigans like tonight where Matt randomly gets a dog delivered to him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So if you want to do that or give us a like and review, uh, on Apple, Sp- Apple or Spotify. Uh, if you give a, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we might actually read it out and be like, "Hey, this person's super dope." Now, Matt, thank you for petting the dog to relieve the stress. You can take it away from here. All right, lovers of history and fellow human beings that like dogs that are gonna let me go pet this dog. Um, my name is Matt. And I have but one question for you, and it is this. What the fuck, history?
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.